In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Let's be seated. Today's first reading from the Hebrew Scriptures and today's Gospel have a few things in common. They're both filled with mountains, they're both filled with mysteries, they're both filled with momentous changes for all the people involved. In the reading from Exodus, Moses and Joshua start up the mountain, but then Moses goes on further. He goes so far that he eventually enters into a cloud way high up, and this this cloud wraps him round with the glory of God. And soon Moses begins to get all sorts of directions for God about how God's people should worship and how they can continue to follow God most faithfully in the future. Moses gets all the details for making the Ark of the Covenant, the lampstands, the tabernacle, all the various objects which would come to symbolize God's presence among God's people. And so loaded down with plans and expectations, Moses eventually moves out of that cloud and back in amongst the people he's been called to serve. Again, in the gospel, there's a mountain, but this time it's Jesus and a few of his disciples who go up the mountain and and then there up high, Jesus is transfigured. He's changed. They see light, there's a brightness all around, and suddenly next to Jesus it looks like Moses and Elijah. These are endorsements far beyond anything political people might ever imagine. Moses represents the whole tradition of law in Israel, and Elijah represents the whole tradition of the prophets. And so there they are, strengthening and offering support to Jesus. And then as if that's not enough, there's a voice that comes out of the cloud. This voice thundering forth, This is my beloved, in whom I am well pleased. Listen to him. People have scratched their heads and wondered about this story ever since. People have passed on stories or read or tried to interpret the Bible. The church scratches its head and wonders so much that we read this story twice a year. Around August 6th on the Feast of the Transfiguration and again on this last Sunday after Epiphany, this last Sunday before the season of Lent begins. Whether we read it in August or today, there's always a certain amount of mystery and wonder. There's a a cloudiness to the story that I think may be intentional. I wonder if God doesn't want to remind us of the place of mystery in our lives, of the cloudiness in which we so often live. I wonder if God doesn't invite us on this side of Lent to step into that cloud and begin to prepare for the unexpected. One writer, Frederick Buechner, comments on the transfiguration. He writes, It was Jesus of Nazareth 
all along. It was Jesus who the disciples knew, but it was also the Messiah. It was also the Christ in all his glory. It was the holiness of the man shining through his humanness, his face so afire with it that they were almost blinded. Beekner goes on to point out that we have places in our lives where God breaks through in similar ways. He writes, even something like that happens to us once in a while. The face of a man walking his child in the park, of a woman picking peas in the garden, of sometimes even the unlikeliest person listening to a concert or standing barefoot in the sand watching the waves roll in. Something so touching, so incandescent, so alive, transfigures the human face so that it's almost beyond bearing. It's the miracle of God's presence in us that can transfigure us from time to time. We can be changed from one person into another kind of person. We can be converted. We can become someone new. We can become someone better. We can become someone perhaps a little more decent, a little more forgiving, maybe a little more holy. Faith empowered by the transfiguration can allow us to see differently, to see others differently, and to see ourselves differently. It's this sort of faith that allows us to to see a bulb, but imagine a lily. It allows us to see a sinner and imagine a saint. It's the essence of, of transforming, transfiguring faith in which we're helped to see beyond the present and to gain a glimpse into the future, into a place of ifs and cans and maybes. Some years ago, I was in a Bible study with other priests and ministers, and we were looking at this passage of the Transfiguration. And I'll never forget a story that one of my colleagues told He was talking about an older woman in his parish who was well up in years. She was in her 90s, and she knew that she probably wouldn't be living here much, much longer. Back in the day, she had taught high school English, and she loved to read, but her eyes had faded, and she could no longer really read. She had written a few short stories, but those days had passed as well. She told a few stories still, but when my friend visited her near the end of her life, she seemed especially animated one day, and she she told my buddy, she said, I've decided what scripture I want read at my funeral. And he said, okay, well, what is it? I'll write it down. Hopefully it's not soon, but but what is it? So we'll be prepared and we'll, we'll celebrate you exactly the way you want to be remembered. And she told an Old Testament version, a verse, and, and then a, a psalm, and then an epistle. And then he was expecting to hear the familiar passages. Maybe Jesus the Good Shepherd. Um, maybe the, the section where Jesus talks about, In my Father's house there are many mansions. Um, 
Maybe the section where Jesus talks about how there are those who are not of his current flock, but he hears them and calls them as well. Instead, she said, I want you to tell them about the transfiguration. Today's gospel is exactly what she wanted. And she went on to explain that she wanted people at her funeral to remember her not so much as they had known her years ago, or even as they had known her in her older years, but as they could imagine her now in heaven, transfigured and full of light. That woman understood the gospel for her and for each one of us. I'm guessing my buddy still tells her story on this Sunday, as I do, as we continue to await and hope and look for that day when we too are transfigured more nearly into God's glory. This is a place of transfiguration. This church and every church Especially in the Holy Eucharist, we share a meal of transfiguration. We, we see ordinary bread, but it becomes the body of Christ. We see ordinary wine, but it's transfigured into the blood of Christ. And through the mystery and the majesty and the mercy of God, by the power of God, we too are transfigured. Little by little, day by day, Lent by season of Lent into being God's faithful and holy people. Let us give thanks for the transfiguration of Jesus Christ. Let us give thanks for our transfigurations. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.